so much to Mr. Umar Morris over there, hitting us up with that intro. You are listening to Real Talk with myself, Tahira Sali and Anika Duplessis. And for our next feature, you know, given that it's August and it is Women's Month, we will be covering gender-based violence. And as you are well aware, there are various facets that we need to take into account and many, many a topic that we need to begin engaging constructively about. So last week we touched on domestic abuse and the way it affects children growing up in that environment. And we also heard from two survivors. The third survivor was community activist Ms. Rukshando Pasco, who detailed her journey dealing with abuse from a young age. She revealed that the effects are everlasting. It carried well into her adult relationships. She emphasized the need for women to go for counseling, even though it might be a bit taboo in our communities. And of course, the importance of women standing up for themselves and each other. You can listen to that segment on Iono FM under Voice of the Cape's Real Talk tab. Today, however, we will be shifting the focus to adolescents and discussing the culture of rape within our societies as well as victim shaming. And this is particularly how it affects school going, university and slightly older adults. Remember your engagement is highly, highly encouraged via the WhatsApp line on 072-238-0712 or you can give us a call when we do have open lines a little bit later on 021-442-3530. But before we get into our our main discussion. Take a listen to this poem by poet and activist Chelsea Goliath. Fight back. Fight back, they said. Do they not see the bruises on my wrists? The smudged lipstick on my lips? The skin and blood beneath my nails? The diaper that suddenly looks so rough? I fought so much that even after he was done, I still fought. I fought my nose for still smelling him. I fought my mind who still made art galleries of his face and skin. I fought my lips from speaking out the shredded story in my recycling bin. Because a broken story in the court will never win. Because the court protects him before they ever protect her. Because of my lack of evidence, they say, allegedly, allegedly, he raped me. Allegedly, he killed me, is another way of decently saying he so-called raped me. Because I am lying until evidence is proven. Because one out of ten women lie about being raped, while nine out of ten are actually telling the truth. So, he is innocent until the semen in my body, the bruises on my body, and the sand burying my body proves him guilty, basically. My lack of evidence doesn't validate my story enough to say he raped me, he molested me, he threatened me, he abused me, and when you finally believe me, he got free with bail money that's less than the cost my parents paid to bury me. I'll say it again. He raped me, he molested me, he threatened me, he abused me, and when you finally believe me, he already got free with bail money that's less than the cost my parents paid to bury me.
absolutely, absolutely powerful stuff that we are going to get into this evening, inshallah. And uh, here to chat to us some more online, we have the poet and activist herself, Miss Chelsea Goliath. And of course, in studio with us, you can check it out on our Facebook pages as well, is counselor, activist, artist, and soon-to-be author, Miss Zakira Muhammad. Ladies, welcome to Real Talk. Shukran so much for joining us this evening. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Shukran so much, Tahira. Really appreciate it and really, really honored being here tonight. Alhamdulillah. So before we begin, let's get some more background to the lovely ladies joining us this evening. You know, starting with Zakira, briefly tell us who you are and what is it that you stand for? I am Zakira and that's what I stand for. I stand for women that don't have a voice. Um, I stand for children. I don't only stand for children and women, I stand for men as well. Um, like you said, I'm soon to be an author. Alhamdulillah, I'm being published under Yusuf Daniels. So I'm really, really excited about that. And um, I'm also an emotional, integral life coach. Awesome. And yourself, Chelsea? I'm Chelsea Goliath. I'm 22 years old. I am a poet, a daughter, a friend, a sister, and I stand for for the truth, you know, like Mm -hmm. anything that's truth, I stand for it and I fight for it because in this day and age, it's very difficult for people to stand for truth, even in the midst of difficulty or being, um, you know, attacked for the truth. Many people shy away from it. So I stand for the truth. Lovely ladies. Now, a lot of people, they get very touchy when it comes to talking about rape. You know, it is a topic that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. But as youth, how do you feel about society's understanding of what constitutes rape? Well, I am not a lawyer, so I don't know what constitutes rape legally. But um, I do believe that there's a misconception in the youth as to what rape is all about. Um, Just a few weeks ago, a friend of mine spoke about rape taking place within a relationship and many people were like, how can you say that? Um, Because you, you know, it's your boyfriend, your boyfriend can't rape you. And she elaborated on her story explaining how, you know, she didn't give consent. She said no, he forced his way and said she doesn't have to do anything, he'll do everything. And um, that night she was so drunk and he just, you know, took advantage of that. And so many people have this idea that rape looks a certain way, it sounds a certain way, and it has an, a face to it, but it's, mm. it's actually not. It goes beyond what we expect rape to look like, or the person who commits this vicious act, you know, we expect him to look a certain way mm. when it's not. So I just believe that there's that con- misconception um, with the use as to what rape is and, and what qualifies as rape. Mm. You know, and since the emergence of movements, you know, like last or a year, a couple of years ago, the hashtag Me Too movement, and last year's Am I Next, following the spate of brutal murders, which intensified the the demand for change. There, we know we saw many people, women especially, coming out talking about their experiences, but we also saw what we know as victim shaming. How do you? gather how this happens. Talk to us. Okay, so I'm going to take the reins on this one because. This one here hits so close to home for me, uh, Tawira. So I was actually dissecting the whole concept with Chelsea, the mm-hmm. me too and the I am next, mm-hmm. right? Now I want, us to, I want us to think about the hashtags that we are putting out to our societies, to our communities, right? Am I next, mm-hmm. right? The movement, the intention of the movement is good, but it's creating a fear-driven 
statistic, right? Because Absolutely. everyone mm. that goes out now, every woman that goes out now goes with the fear aphrodisiac mm. of mm. am I next, mm. you know? So yes, the dynamic of it is good, right? Mm. And what it stands for, and yes, you got a phenomenon going on, but we need to think bigger, you know, the Me Too as well. Me Too, if I, when I segregated it and I sat with Chelsea, it's, if you really break it down to ego, it's really selfish mm. because it doesn't give the person. So if you're saying it happened to me too, you're saying that what happened to you happened to me. But mm. you're not telling me what the intensity of it is. You're not telling me what your story is mm. because you're mm. scared of it. Mm -hmm. So I believe that we need to be really, really conscious of our hashtags, right? And, and we all need to realize that victim shaming is going to be a thing. Whether mm. you're an influencer, which I'm not, I'm an influencer. Very big difference. Oh, snap. I you know, that. I'm not an influencer. People get it twisted. I'm an influencer. I come in and I change lives, mm. you know, because of truth, because of authenticity and because of realness. So the hashtag that I believe society needs is not am I next, is not me too. It's be conscious. Conscious. Oh, yeah. That's yes. it. I love it. That is life. Mm. You know, just be conscious. Mm. That's it. And although there were some positives, you know, that came out of the latest crime statistics, we also saw that there was, rape was still one of those really big statistics. Another one that took us by surprise was increased rapes at campuses and in public spaces. So Chelsea, you know, as a student, having heard all the stories, how safe do you feel at campus? You know, how frequently do you think it occurs? Are, are women speaking up about it? Well, firstly, about the, the crime situation, I don't think that it has decreased. You know, I, I come from the ghettos and I think media is so fixated on the COVID statistics that the real issues that are currently taking place on are being lied about and said that it's dropping when in actual fact this lockdown has made it worse. But to answer your question regarding campus, I don't think that it's ever been a surprise. It's just that now, because of the movements that are taking place, people are feeling more open to share these stories, but rape has been something and the fear of being, you know, raped on campus was always there. You know, as girls, we, we go together to the bathrooms, we stick mm. together in, you know, cliques to avoid, and especially at night, um, there were many times where I had to stay on campus a bit later for studying purposes or writing, and there's this fear when you're walking alone on campus, because it's just so, like, you know what is happening with people that are living on campus and how they are being raped and violated. So you, on your way home, walking through these corridors alone, there's this fear like, what if a guy that's living on campus, or even for men, you know, was in these corridors waiting to violate me, to, to kill me or to hurt me? And like, knowing how campus responds, uh, there were many times where Stories like these came out and not long, it's like they, they eliminate it and it's as if it never happened on campus. Um, mm. So it's always been on campus and with regards to the public to home, I, I think we're not on campus right now. So no one is on campus. Campus is shut down, mm. but we're at home, you know, mm. and, and this idea that we have that rape only happens by a stranger. I think rape is more closer to home. Violations like these take mm. place closer to home. It's your uncles, it's your fathers, it's your brothers, it's your cousins, you know, people that is close to home. So it's very, not seldom, but 
whenever something like this happens, my mind always goes, mm. was it an uncle? Was it a daddy? You know, because yeah. it's usually these people that are the perpetrators of these vicious acts. Mm. Um, so being in lockdown, my, my biggest fear is for the students and anyone, wives, daughters, sons, mm. whoever it is that's now stuck at home with perpetrators like this who, who violates, who destroys lives, you know. So mm. that's my fear right now for people like that. Mm. Dakira, as a survivor, you know, how did you rise above and continue with your life? How did I rise above? Man, I live on three things. My followers know this, everyone knows this. The first thing is your intention. If you really, really want to get better, and you really don't want to be this person anymore, mm. which I vowed not to be. I got the help that I needed, you know. So that was the first thing was your intention. The second thing was when I had nothing, you know, like when I was really down after everything happened, mm. I found things to be grateful for. So shukar, you know, gratitude mm. is really big in my life. And the mm. third thing is going with the flow of life and that is tawakkal, right? That's living in alignment with the Almighty mm. and knowing that I always say this on my lives. That favorite ayah in the whole. You know, mm. like mm. we plan and Allah plans, and Allah is the best of planners. Yes, yes. You know, mm. so so I decided that this had happened to me, but it did not define who I was. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm. I asked the Almighty to use me. You know, to use me for women because my voice. Has been, has been silenced, mm-hmm. but this is the era where I want to speak out for women who need someone, you know, or, or need someone to just listen to them. I just want them to know that it's okay. Yeah. It's okay if I can do it, anybody can do it. Mm. Those three are the recipe to success. Everything mm. else comes out afterwards. Mm-hmm. If your intention is for healing, if you're grateful for the process you're going through with the healing, mm-hmm. and if you're really in alignment with the Almighty's plan, you become a conscious believer slash a conscious revolutionist. Mm. That is what revolutionist I am. survivor. Yes, I love I it, sister. Yes, absolutely. Well, can I just interject? I just like to you know how long does that process take? Because you know, I mean, it sounds easy, you know, just to have those three things put in place. But how long mm. does it take to get there? Oh, my love, it took me my whole life. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, because at different stages of your life, you don't know what to do you do the best you can with the with the knowledge you have mm-hmm. mm. you know mm. and and for me the journey of healing was a very lonely one mm. you know um i i really really had to go through the gutters of my mind mm-hmm. and through really the darkest parts of my soul mm. and i had to be in isolation i always say that i was kicked into the womb of myself wow you know to be reborn mm-hmm. you know and when I actively made this choice, it was on, on January 1st this year. Marshall. January 1st this year. And Alhamdulillah, since then, it's been, it's been going good. Allah Hafiz. May Allah make the journey easy for you. Amin, inshallah. And for every other survivor out there, inshallah. On that note, let's go for a quick ad break. But when we get back, it's more of Real Talk. Minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock. We are now continuing our discussion with revolutionist Ms. Dakira Mohammed and activist and poet uh, Chelsea Goliath. Ladies, let's get right back into it. Um, let's look at the fact that society in general, you know, it's become very violent. You know, people talk about how lost it is. You look at gangsterism, crime, corruption, all of these things increasing to higher levels of dep- 
depression, mouth. So talk to us about suicidal thoughts. You know, are, is it common in victims and how is it processed? Oh, it's absolutely common in victims. Um, I am a statistic thereof. Was, not am, I was a statistic thereof. So what people don't understand is it starts off with something like, I've got a headache. Mm. Give me a painkiller. You know, give me a mybulin. And then that mybulin leads to two and three and four. And then it leads to drugs. And then it leads to things that, uh, that we use to try and numb the pain. Right? Because we haven't dealt with the trauma. You know, we try anything to patch up that pain. Mm-hmm. So suicidal thoughts, 90% of the time, is not suicidal. We don't want to commit. People don't want to commit suicide. What, what people get, it to, they get it twisted. We just want something to numb the pain of our reality. Mm. That's it, mm. you know? Mm. And um, so yes, it is relevant, it's, it's not uncommon, you know, to the parents out there who have kids that have gone through this, please check, you know, their pill intake, because it's actually a thing, mm. you know? Um, and if you can start with something as small as that, I believe that we can combat, you know, mm. inshallah, I hope someone's life can change. But I mean, inshallah. Let's talk about justice and what that means to the survivors of rape. You know, in the South African context, we've seen activists speaking out about ill-trained officials, secondary victimization during court proceedings, and bail being granted to alleged rapists. What needs to be prioritized? Okay, so you said here that we've seen activists speaking about ill-trained officials, Right? I want, I want you to hear this. Mm-hmm. The activists are speaking about ill-trained officials, secondary victimization during court proceedings, and bail being granted to alleged rapists. What about the rape victim? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are the activists actually fighting for? Because if that is their jihad, yeah. if mm-hmm. that is their battle, no? then they're doing really well mm-hmm. by, by going through and speaking about the, everyone but the rape victim. Mm-hmm. But if it's about yeah. the rape victim, then we need to make it about them. Yeah. And it's not, it's not victim, the rape victor. Yes, Victor. Victor, Amen. survivor. And yourself, Chelsea? Anything to add there? No, I definitely agree with that. Uh, definitely. They should be focusing more on the, the victor than the perpetrator because many times the thing goes more about the perpetrator and how good he is and trying to make him look like, you know, just as human. But just as he's human, Victor is also mm. a human and also has feelings, you know. Mm. So I agree with Akira. Definitely. And we also, although we know it's completely wrong on so many different levels, nobody knows what goes on in the mind of a rapist other than the rapist themselves. But do you think this is something that can be rehabilitated? Absolutely. And I'm going to quote you on my beloved conscious mother teacher, Miss Maya Angelou. Mm-hmm. I love her so much, so dearly. Feels. And she says that everybody can be rehabilitated. Why? Because when we were born, we were born in a state of fitrah, which is complete purity, it's innocence, right? Mm -hmm. And as we grew up, we got conditioned by the world, right? So we were then, it was based on circumstance or where we stayed or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. However, my beautiful Taira, my beautiful Anika, you know there's times when you have a fight with your friend, no? Mm -hmm. And then you come back and you're like, oh, you know, I can't believe I said that. Mm -hmm. I can't believe I done that. When people are pushed in a certain capacity, there's no telling what they can or can't do. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. have the same, the same brain capacity, thought process of a rapist, should you be triggered that way. We don't know, right, mm. until we're triggered in that way or until life presents us with that, that mm. circumstance, mm. right? Mm. So I hold, 
I have been a victim thereof. I'm a victor thereof now. And I hold no judgment because I realized and I understood what being born in Fitra is, what the world has done, and what consciousness has brought me. Mm. So, mm. yes, to, to answer your question, both victim and, vi- and victor have mm. a chance in life or should get a chance in life. Mm. That's my belief. Chelsea? I'm just going to quote my favorite person is Lauren Hill. She says, there's only two positions, victimizer or victim. Yes. Both end up in destruction, trusting the crooked system. So either way, the system fails the victim and the perpetrator. Mm. And that is the result that we are living in, the reality we're living in right now. Mm. Dropping them bars this evening, ladies. Dropping them <laughs> bars. The poets, so, girl. Yeah, Continue talking, activists, you speak forever. <laughs> we also uh, look, you know, you're speaking about the way life conditions, you know, you look at youth's exposure to other elements. Like, you know, in previous years, uh, they have been thrown in the spotlight. The latest generation of children, you know, who can't even speak, they now know to navigate our tablets and etc. You know, what are some of the most problematic things that you think our youth have become acquainted to? maybe before their time how do you think we can protect them porn they've mm. become acquainted porn. to porn this is be raw and real mm-hmm. porn is everywhere right every click mm-hmm. and and it's so easily accessible and porn sells us on lies right mm. it sells us and it results in the kids not knowing the difference between craig liquor of us the liquor Mm. Yeah. You know, they, they, they don't know the difference because it's what we see, the projection of this man and woman and what they doing or not even or not even doing. Mm. Right. And they take yeah. this into their homes. So you can't protect our children. I think, Chelsea, we can't protect them from media. Right. It's everywhere. Yeah. Uh, they're sitting late at night with their phones. Anyway. However, we can educate them. We can yeah. educate them and speak about the taboos of porn in our house, mm. of sex in our house. And I'm talking on behalf of, you know, my Indian community. I'm Indian, you know. Mm-hmm. This is a taboo in my community. We don't speak about stuff like this. Yeah. And, and, I, and I believe that if I was taught these lessons, you know, growing up, things could have been different. But because I wasn't and I know better now, I hope to break this for my generation to come yeah, you know sure. to talk about this in, in in my homes in my communities even if i'm the only one mm. chelsea yeah. no definitely i agree with sakira you know um not just pornography like uh, porn seems to be the root but if you go actually back into it as well it stems from being violated before your time mm. there's, there's a scripture that i love it says do not awaken love before it's time oh, and what happens is many times kids are aroused in a manner that they're not ready for yet. They are touched by men or by women. And that desire is activated. And so when they get to a certain age and they watch maybe uh, a movie or whatever, they get that arousement because it reminds them of their first act that they encountered. And that then leads to the desire to watch pornography because Mm. pornography makes them feel a certain way that Mm. they were violated Mm. before their time. So... I strongly believe that parents should believe their kids as well. Like Absolutely. this whole thing of Joyce Ochat when you say that your uncle touched you oh, or your yeah. brother touched you oh, should yes. be thrown in the bin. Oh, yes, girl. Yeah. Absolutely. Lastly, ladies, we uh, quickly ran out of time. But uh, tell us, <laughs> what is it that you have been working on and why do people need to know about it? Chelsea, you want to go first? Um, 
I've been working on poetry and I want people to know that there's new stock coming out, you know. I'm working on a poem called Spider and it's also about molestation and my personal experience with molestation. So, yeah, that's what I'm working on. <laughs> and then Chelsea, before that, you know, sees what she's working, can I just say that I listened to your coloured poem like ages <gasps> yes, ago man. and every time I listen to it, it's so moving. So more power <laughs> Thank to you. you so much. Mm. Pleasure. Um, so I'm my book is coming out inshallah this year I mean. um, and also for those listeners who don't know I run a page on Facebook called She Survives because she does mm-hmm. um, I'm the conscious believer and I'm now the conscious revolutionist alhamdulillah mm-hmm. so what am I working on my book currently I also do emotional healing life coaching sessions mm-hmm. uh, for people of any type of trauma you mm-hmm. know addictions mm-hmm. everything so yeah that's that's in the cause that's what I do and Yusuf Daniel and Yusuf Can we just give credit to our beloved, my beloved conscious mentor, um, my publisher, Yusuf Daniels, who, because of him, all this is possible. You know, Mm -hmm. I linked with Chelsea on that colored show last week. What in it? We were both moved. Only last week? It sounds like you guys were friends for like years. We met met on a Sunday, (laughs) on Saturday. Uh We met Saturday last week and... The Almighty has aligned us now to be the voice of the Cape tonight, together. <laughs> Isn't that amazing when you, when you meet friends that are in the same headspace as you? Oh, girl, I only attract people in the headspace. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, shukran so much for joining us. We highly appreciate it. And may Allah grant you all the best, inshallah, all the strength. Amen. Keep up the good work that you are doing. We appreciate your time. And you will be able to catch all of these interviews at a different space, at a different time. But nonetheless, shukran again and have a blessed evening further. Shukran so much for the opportunity, Thank you guys. so much. I really appreciate it. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.